0: Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back. This is episode number five of the official Your Conflict Coach podcast. As always, my name's Hannah, and I'm your conflict coach. For everyone who has been keeping up, this is a 10-episode season. So with this one, episode number five, we are officially at the halfway point. And I want to make sure that this one is really special and really good because this one is really important to me and I hope you guys can get a lot out of it. I have a lot I want to talk about, but I think it'll be really relatable and really easy to digest and process all the things I talk about in this one. So hopefully it'll be a really, really awesome halfway marker for us. And then we can head full force into the second half of the first season of the Your Conflict Coach podcast. So to kick off this episode, I want to pick up where we left off in episode four. We were talking about destructive reactions to conflict and the damage they can cause in relationships. And I had mentioned some of the most common types of destructive reactions. And how they can fall into two categories either active destructive reactions or passive destructive reactions. And that typically, as humans, we tend to prefer either active responses or passive responses to conflict. And this plays into when we talk about whether or not we're a fix it type of person in conflict or an avoid it type of person in conflict. But it can be really hard when you have. Conflict with someone who isn't trying to handle conflict the same way you are. And when you're forced to handle conflict in a way that's not what you're most comfortable with, for example, if someone's trying to get you to fix it and you're more comfortable avoiding it, or if someone's avoiding it and you're trying to fix it, typically that will also play into which party is using passive destructive reactions and which one's using active destructive reactions. It's pretty parallel most of the time. But again, This can be situational, it can vary by person, but even though there's a lot that plays into it, typically everyone will have a preference, something that makes them the most comfortable, makes them feel like they're handling the conflict in the way that's best for them. May not always be right, but everyone typically has a preference for active or passive. And by looking at what some of those common types of reactions are, what the most common active destructive reactions are. What the most common passive destructive reactions are. You can figure out kind of which side of that spectrum you lie on. What do you prefer? Do you prefer active reactions or do you prefer passive reactions? And I promise I'll get to why this is important. But for example, if you have a tendency or if your natural reaction or instinctual reaction, is arguing aggressively or raising your voice or using loaded language, ridiculing, blatant sarcasm, like disrespectful sarcasm, physically or verbally obstructing or retaliating, focusing on revenge. If you have those types of habits, you probably prefer active reactions. Your instinct probably goes into fight instead of flight mode. But on the other hand, If you prefer avoiding or ignoring, or if you have a history of acting distant or aloof. If you would rather give in to prevent the conflict going any further than actually try to resolve it. If you tend to hide or conceal really important emotions that should be discussed. If you tend to dwell on past confrontations and shame or guilt yourself to the point where you escalate existing conflicts. If these are the types of habits that you have in conflict, you probably prefer or instinctually turn to passive reactions. And the reason recognizing these on the destructive side of things is important, recognizing these tendencies and these habits, is because if we're going to shift our actions to something that's constructive, it's super helpful to know where our comfort zone is so that we can start there. Shifting the way we see, handle, and approach conflict isn't an easy thing that you can just decide to do one day. You can decide to start the process of figuring out what you need to shift in order to make conflict less triggering for you. And understanding what our existing destructive reactions tend to be, whether they're passive or active, Can help us decide where we might be comfortable starting in terms of protecting that emotion and processing it and understanding the information that this conflict is providing us and collaboratively or constructively working towards a resolution. So, when I say that conflict and peace are not opposites, that conflict and peace can coexist in your life without damaging your relationships, what I mean is that the outcome of any conflict, whether it will be damaging or not, will be mostly determined by whether it's handled destructively or constructively. And if we can avoid those destructive reactions and have constructive reactions instead, That doesn't mean that the other person or people or whoever that we're in conflict with will do the same thing. They may not. They might still respond destructively. Even if you're doing everything right and all your responses, everything you say, everything you do, everything you present is, I care about you, I care about this relationship, I want this conflict to go away, let's figure out what we can do. I feel like this is important. I don't want to react in anger. All of these things are so beneficial, but that doesn't force the other person to react constructively as well. But if we make a habit of handling conflict in our relationships constructively, then we get to play a part in making that the norm, helping people understand that conflict does not have to equal damage every time. There will be conflicts that will cause damage. There will be conflicts that are below any moral standard that cross any moral line. That conflict is going to be damaging no matter what you do. But in general, in a typical interpersonal conflict where there's a relationship at stake but a resolution is possible, And the damaging reactions on one or both or all sides are preventing the conflict from reaching a resolution. They're keeping the conflict stagnant and keeping the conflict damaging. Those are the conflicts in which we can show the people around us and show the other people involved that it doesn't have to be like that. But being able to have that level of emotional control and self-control isn't an overnight thing, and that's okay. What I wanna do here is help you recognize what those destructive reactions are, understand what your instinct is. Is it fight? Is it flight? Is it active? Is it passive? Is it fix it? Is it avoid it? Figure out what those parallels look like for you. What are your instincts? What are your tendencies? And then I wanna give you guys some examples of constructive reactions that are common, that tend to do well in conflict, that tend to push a conflict towards resolution and build relationships in the process. I wanna give you guys some examples of those, some that are active and some that are passive to maybe give you an idea of where you feel comfortable starting in your progress towards handling conflict in a more constructive way. Because at the end of the day, You can only control how you respond to a conflict. You cannot control how anyone else responds to that conflict. And the best thing you can do is handle it constructively, show that other person or people that you're not trying to hurt them, you're not trying to attack them, you want to figure out what the problem is and solve it and move forward and maybe even get to know more about them in the process. So at this point, you should kind of have an idea of whether or not you prefer active responses or passive responses. And by prefer, I mean not only what you prefer to do in conflict, but also how you prefer other people to react with you in conflict. Because knowing both of those about yourself is very important and beneficial. And if you're either in a relationship or have a really meaningful friendship or even if there's a family relationship where you know a lot about the other person and connect really deeply with them, you can also use this information to try to understand where they're coming from a little bit more when you have conflicts with them. Just remember to be very careful because I'm not recommending that you make assumptions about the people in your life. Making assumptions about other people and not talking to them about it to know whether or not your assumption is correct is a really easy way to cause damage in relationships and to create conflict where there shouldn't be any in the first place. But you can try to use this information to understand the people you're close to a little bit better can understand where they're coming from, why they react differently than you, and what it can mean for your relationship and future conflict. So for those of us that tend to respond actively in conflict, whether that's destructive or not, I want to run through some constructive, active responses to conflict that have been shown to progress the conflict towards resolution without damaging relationships. So one of the first shifts you can make if you're looking to handle conflict constructively instead of destructively is perspective taking. This is something that sounds a lot easier than it is, especially if it's something that's really close to your heart or core to your identity. But perspective taking involves putting yourself in the other person's position Solely to understand their point of view. So, by trying to understand the conflict from the perspective of the other person or people involved, you can learn new things. I mean, it's as simple as that. Perspective taking has the potential to increase your knowledge base, it can make the other person feel like you're taking their position and passion seriously it makes them feel understood and recognized but if this is something that you really struggle with some things you can do to start shifting towards the ability to take someone else's perspective is just start giving the person you're in conflict with your full and undivided attention when they're speaking listen to understand Instead of listening to respond, don't be thinking about what you're going to say next to change their mind. Something else you can do is ask questions instead of offering an opinion. So if you find yourself going, okay, but, yeah, but, and then throwing your opinions back at them. Instead, try asking questions about the parts of their opinion that you don't understand. Give them the opportunity to explain it further or differently. Maybe help you understand it a little bit more. And notice that I'm saying help you understand it, not help you agree with it. Perspective taking doesn't involve changing your opinion. It just involves showing understanding to the person whose opinion is different. And there are things you can say to acknowledge that without agreeing with it. For example, that's a really interesting point of view. I've never heard that before. Can you tell me more about that? What made you think that way? Where did you learn that? Or if it's an opinion you've heard before, one that you know is common, you can say, oh, I know a lot of people who believe that. I I have friends who feel that way. Nowhere in there do you have to say, okay, okay, I agree with you. You just have to make them feel understood and recognized, even though you don't have the same opinion. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. Now, a lot of people who tend to go for more active responses in conflict are also task-oriented thinkers. I don't know if you've heard that before, but people tend to be either a task-oriented thinker or a people-oriented thinker. And a lot of times, Preferring active responses will go hand-in-hand with being a task-oriented thinker, and that can play to your benefit as long as you don't let it take hold of your resolution strategies. So another constructive, active reaction to conflict is just switching into solutions mode. But you have to be careful Because by solutions, I don't just mean problem solving. Obviously there's a problem there and obviously it needs solved and that's what you should be focusing on. But it's important that you try to understand the root problem, the root of the conflict. What are the underlying, usually unmentioned motivations, goals, agendas? What's at the center of that? Is it Power? Is it a lack of control? Is it some sort of self esteem issue or a need for revenge? Those are the problems. Those are the issues that that solution and task oriented mindset should play into. But to get there, you have to be willing to be vulnerable and communicate with the other people to learn as much about them and their role in the conflict as possible so you can get an understanding of what those root causes and root issues might be. So in order to start doing this, it's important that you try thinking about the conflicts in your life as opportunities to work as a team with the other people involved. And that would include viewing their needs and goals in the situation in the same way that you think of your own. Just goals that need to be reached rather than opposing views or obstacles to overcome. It's also important that you focus on points of mutual agreement here. And I don't mean ignoring the pieces of the conflict that you're in disagreement about, because usually those have a lot to do with the root issue. But by identifying where you agree and identifying where you can work on the same team, it'll make resolving those other parts a lot easier. And remember, this is about collaboration. And if collaboration isn't going to happen if you try it and it just doesn't work, be willing to compromise because you're looking for solutions and resolutions, not wins. Then, for a lot of people, the reason we prefer active responses to conflict is because we want other people to recognize and understand how we're feeling. In that moment, we may not recognize that we're also taking that away from someone else. But it's important to us that our emotions get across because they're hurting us. And if that sounds familiar to you, then the constructive, active reaction you may want to start with is expressing your emotion, but doing it in a constructive way instead of a damaging way. And doing this constructively allows more effective communication between everyone involved and as I'm sure we've all heard good communication is necessary for building relationships and reaching a resolution especially one that's satisfactory to both or all sides involved and if everyone gets the chance to constructively express their emotions and get those emotions acknowledged by the other people involved everyone will pretty much feel better about the conflict resolution process, therefore making it much easier to reach a resolution that everyone's happy with. But if this isn't something you're good at, or if you're just really good at expressing your emotions in a destructive way instead of a constructive way, maybe start by just making sure you know the feelings and the emotions that you're trying to communicate. It sounds like a really simple step, but defining what you're feeling to yourself can keep the conflict from producing just a spiral of emotions that prevent you from being able to think clearly about what it is you're trying to get across. And if you can do that pretty well, then start working on determining why you feel that way. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. What is it that is triggering you exactly? What pieces of that conflict are bringing forward that emotion? Is it the subject of the conflict? Is it the environment or the context? Or is it the behavior being shown by someone involved? A lot of different things can be triggering for us, and we need to be able to figure out what it is and why. It's also important that you're able to be specific. Because obviously being able to explain, I feel bad is fine, but ideally, you'd be able to say, I feel very frustrated, or this is making me angry. I'm kind of disappointed, because. And some people really do just have a hard time defining the emotion that's happening in their head. They just know whether it feels bad or good and how they want to react. And that's normal. And if you're that type of person, Go on the internet and type in Wheel of Emotions, W-H-E-E-L of Emotions. That little vocabulary wheel was so helpful to me in being able to learn how to define my emotions because that was one of the hardest parts for me in figuring out how to handle conflict in a constructive way. This is one of those times where it's really important to use I statements, not you statements. I feel upset instead of you're making me upset. Because there is a difference. And if they make statements that seem hurtful or seem like they're meant as an insult, ask for clarification. It doesn't have to be in a snarky way. Just say, I don't think you meant it this way, but when you did that, it made me feel. When you said that, it felt like. Fill in the blank. Now, for those of you who tend to prefer passive reactions, this has probably been a very stressful episode for you so far. (laughs) But there are three things you can focus on to make sure that you're reacting in a passively constructive way, not a passively destructive way. Those are reflective thinking delayed responding, and adapting. Reflective thinking involves what you do once you're out of the conflict and away from the conflict, but also how you speak to yourself during the conflict, when it's at its peak. And it requires you to understand the most likely outcomes of whatever action you choose. And the better you are at that, the better you will be at choosing the most effective and constructive response to conflict. So, that reflective thinking piece requires you to think outside of the box and think of possible actions, possible solutions, and try to evaluate more carefully how feasible each option may be. And that sounds like a big process, but when we're talking about being in conflict and using that reflective thinking, a lot of times that'll be coupled with delayed responding. And once you know when to take a time out from that conflict, you can work on developing some really effective techniques for calming yourself down so you'll be able to process that conflict more logically and think through all those possible solutions and possible actions. But keep in mind that delaying a response to a conflict, first of all, it's not always going to be possible. And second of all, it doesn't mean that you're avoiding or ignoring the conflict altogether. It just lets you choose the right response by delaying whatever that initial destructive response is going to be, even if it would be passive. And delaying responding can be just as useful for the other people involved as it is for you, even if they're initially against it they may need to delay responding and process all the possible resolutions as well. And being able to manage that and figure out what everyone needs as it comes is where adapting comes into play. Being adaptable isn't the same as accommodating. It doesn't mean giving in or giving up. It's acknowledging that conflict is inevitable, but monitoring and adjusting. Remaining optimistic that, Ultimately, it's probably going to be resolvable. We just have to figure out how. Ideally, if you're growing and becoming more adaptable in conflict, you will become someone who can deal with difficult situations while retaining a positive attitude, even if the other person or people involved don't have a positive attitude. But sometimes adapting requires us to increase the distance even emotional distance between us and the conflict. Again, brings us back to delaying responding and reflective thinking. So if you are someone who tends to prefer passive responses to conflict, there's actually a pretty clear blueprint for how to make those passive responses constructive instead of destructive. But also in case this needs clarified, you don't have to define yourself as someone who reacts to conflict passively or someone who reacts to conflict actively. The best option, honestly, is to have so much emotional control, so much self-control, so much knowledge in terms of conflict resolution and how to do it constructively, that you're able to utilize any of these constructive reactions based on when they're the most useful. And the same with the conflict styles. But what's most important is that you recognize which of your natural reactions, which of your instinctual reactions are destructive, and figure out how to find constructive reactions that allow you the same release that you get from that destructive reaction. When we react to a conflict, especially if we do it the same way over and over and over again, Even if it's a habit, we do it because it provides some sort of release, whether that's a chemical release in our brain, a stress release, whatever destructive reaction we're utilizing, we do it because that's the best solution we've found to release whatever it is that's making us so triggered inside. And the only way to make progress in terms of handling conflict resolution in a constructive instead of destructive way, so recognize those destructive reactions and practice replacing them with constructive reactions that allow you the same release. That's all I have for you in this episode. I truly hope you learned something today. And even if you didn't, I want to remind you that sometimes unlearning things is just as important, and that takes time. So I leave you with this What's one thing you can start to do better today? As always, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Your Conflict Coach with two H's. You can also email me at Your Conflict Coach with two H's at gmail.com.